Welcome to the cast, folks. Um, before we begin, let's get down to business. Are you following us? We're all on the social media. Where are we at? I'm pretty sure we're on Instagram. Sure is. We're in the Facebook. Sure is. Still legal. We're Still going legal. into Twitter. Yes. With the tweets. With the tweets. Lots of retweets. Lots of reposts. We're really into it. Our Insta stories are pretty great. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Oh, Check yeah. it out. Um, and then don't forget to uh, subscribe, rate, comment on wherever you listen to our podcast, whether it be on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, because we love the love. Yeah. Which is always a good thing. This was a fun cast. You had a good time. On a personal level, it was everything. You uh, put your heart into this. Kind of like, not unlike Beyonce. No, because Beyonce gives me all the life I need. And she showed her appreciation for you. On my birthday. Yes, she did. Because she performed for me. So we go, like, I go in on Beyonce Mm -hmm. and how much I love her. Mm -hmm. Um, And rightfully so. And if anyone tries it and comes for me or says, comes for my queen, I will let you know. You can take several seats. Oh my goodness! Because I was, I was like, I was at high. It was so hyphy. I was like up here. I was at like hyphy. 115. Yeah. Because then when we talked about Taylor Swift, I lost my, I lost my cool. I was, yeah, and I support you in that. I, I also, appreciate that. I similarly feel uh, <laughs> not great about September being uh, appropriated. So we'll talk about oh, that. It's not even appropriate. It was stolen. I'm pretty sure she got consent. I don't care. Stolen. All right. <laughs> There you have it. Um, and we talk more music talk. I mean, there's some really fun things that are happening in music. April was like the month of music. Was it the month of it? It was some good stuff. Yeah, like Cardi B. Yeah. We had um, uh, Drake, my husband. Right. Um, he doesn't know that. He, he knows it. Huh. Um, yeah, I mean, it was really fun. And then mm-hmm. we talk about you know Kanye coming back to tweeting and... Let's uh, let's all continue to pray for him. That is uh, cool to <laughs> see it? a Kanye tweet. The oh yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, so uh, and then we talk about basketball. Uh, start off in a somber note, uh, giving some love to Popovich and his family. Mm-hmm. Check that out as to why. And we talk playoffs because it's an interesting situation together all together. Oh the playoffs gosh. are concerned. Yep. So. Dug it. Um, and what's wrong with the Cavs? I mean, that's like a. A thing that we talk about. Team LeBron. Team LeBron. I mean, that is our LeBron section. Gather. Which is always the case. Yeah. How do we end off the basketball section? Talking about Kobe. Oh. And his new shoes. Oh, that's right. And we talk about some coaching in between there, too. So we were kind of like all over the place, but in a very like succinct kind of way. It was great. Yeah. And our dope people, uh, I think we're pretty dope. Mm hmm. So if you didn't know, we let you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just the way like that Beyonce would. Very direct. No beating around the bushes. This is a good one. It's a good one. You should tune in. All right, let's uh, let's get into this, hey? Yeah, let's do it. I became that, like I became Canadian in that moment. It? Drake's Drake's influence on it. You sounded this is, great. This is problematic. <laughs> you know what? Ride with it. <laughs> All right, let's let's get it here. What up, what up? Welcome to another episode of Dabbling Dribbling with Alex and Bri. Hey. It is episode 44. Um, lots going on in this cast, mm-hmm. um, which I'm really excited to talk about. But as always, before we begin, how are you doing, Alex? I'm doing well, Bri. <laughs> okay. I-, I can't complain. How are you? I'm, man, so happy. Joyful? So joyful. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I had a birthday. 
It was awesome. You had a great birthday. My birthday was blessed. It was blessed by, by Beyonce. Beyonce. Should we just get into that? Let's just start there. <laughs> I mean, all right. Did you watch it? Nope. I mean, you were with me for my birthday. Thank you for coming. It was way past your bedtime. Yeah. As your friend. In the future, please and... have parties before 6 p.m. Okay. But as your friend, or I'm sorry, <clears throat> um, queer... Platonic. Platonic. Mm -hmm. The queer platonic Mm -hmm. relationship that we have. Folks, if you don't know what that means, please Google it. You can check it out. Just check it out. Because apparently, we have a queer platonic relationship. We just learned that today. We learned this today. Yeah. Google it. There's so much I have to learn. I feel very lucky to be in a queer platonic relationship. Aw. Ditto, bud. (laughs) I mean, queer platonic (laughs) person. I don't anyway. know what comes along with I don't that. Know. Anyway, t-shirts, uh-huh. <laughs> matching rings, whatever. Oh God, t-shirts I'm okay with. Matching rings, like, let's not do that. It's like class rings. I like class rings, sure. Friend, friend rings. Friend rings. Oh. oh man, this is getting. Anyway, so we had a little. We had a wind down at my place. We were hanging out, kicking it, mm-hmm. having a good time. Good music. As the DJ of it, I felt mm-hmm. uh, very strongly about my choices. You did good. I did good. Um, and then. Um, Folks left because it was getting late, and I was like, guys, it's my birthday. And well, it's my birthday in New York. In, mm-hmm. in uh, California, it's still yesterday, right. the 14th. Right. And Time all, zones. And we all know that at 11.10, Beyonce is going to come out, and it's going to be live streamed on YouTube. 11.10 West Coast. West Coast time, meaning right. 2.10 East Coast time. Right. And I was like, there's no way in hell I'm not watching this. Of course. I'm watching this. All right. So I go. I set everything up, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, why is Post Malone singing? It is 2.10. I was ready to go. He's still singing. He's still rapping. I'm just Who's like, that? Post Malone. He's a white rapper. Okay. Um, after Like after Malone? Like post Malone? Yes. Oh, he's based on Carl Malone? Is he? The mailman? Something oh. like Post Malone? I don't like oh. this guy already. Okay. I mean, his stuff is okay. It's like, you know, mumble rap nonsense stuff. Anyway. Okay. So, finally, Beyonce comes out at 11, at, well, they're 11.20. It's like 2.20, 2.30, our time, mm-hmm. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. And this bitch. What's she do? This girl. This, no. This queen. <laughs> she starts off. Yes, queen. Th- she starts off. There is a beautiful black woman mm-hmm. in, uh, in with snare drums. Oh, like she is dressed up as as though she was part of a marching band, like hat and you know, I everything. I like a good snare. Yeah, and and she's just snaring it, all of that. And then you see, like a runway of people, and mm-hmm. they're just kind of like separating. Okay. Um, like it's a straight runway, and mm-hmm. then there's Beyonce in this Nefertiti kind of outfit with the cane. Are you serious? And she started walking. The way she was walking, it's as though she invented walking. Like walk like an Egyptian kind of situation? Not like that, but like fabulously. Like like the queen would. Did her legs move? Yes. Okay. And it was, it, she literally walked as though she invented walking. Okay. I could watch her walk. Mm-hmm. I would just watch her walk before mm-hmm. she even like she could walk for an hour and I and then she can be like hi and I'd be like continue mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. do it mm-hmm. and she like she just started walking nothing happened and then she leaves and then you see this like bleacher 
like <clears throat> the stage is like a bleacher uh, set. Yeah. And you just see all of these uh, people. So we have a dance troupe, like all women dance troupe in their. Um, well, they were wearing like this leotard leopard thing, and it goes hmm. dun dun. Dun, 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 dun. And they're is there, just. This is a marching band playing. So the now? marching band is playing in the background, all in yellow, horns, oh, yeah. all these different things. And the dun dun starts, and they are just like a dance troupe from an HBCU. Mm-hmm. Just H- give. H-B- HBCU? It stands for. A historically black college or university. Just making sure everybody's aware. If you don't know, now you know. If and, you don't know. Okay. <laughs> and now you know folks um and like it's happening and you're just, and then they leave and then all of a sudden beyonce comes out in these short blue shorts fur boots some daisy dukes some looking good girl yeah you had three children and you look good and she got the uh Yellow patented boot. she got the patented beyonce legging um yeah legging boot call- situation no, 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 no. situation what is that called the the hose is it pantyhose? Pantyhose. Oh, okay. Yeah. We still call them pantyhose? Yeah, what else? Or tights. She, tights. Yeah. She wears like three layers of those and they're just like classically her. Yeah, and the shimmery and just beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She wears these fur boots as though she's like the captain of the dance team as, is you know, at, at HBCU. Those are good boots. She's wearing this yellow, beautiful sweatshirt, mm-hmm. beehive, yellow, get it, awesome. Wait, and, is that why? I mean, I just assume. Also, yellow looks beautiful on yeah, black skin in general. Yeah, it's just a good it's a color. good color. It's a bright color. Yeah. It's a goldenrod yellow. Right. And it was like, and it was B, like her, it, it stayed like her, the, what was on the uh, sweatshirt was B, the delta sign, and then K, and then so beta, delta, delta kappa. kappa, potentially, or Beyonce delta Knowles, potentially. Um, regardless, I thought she was claiming that she was a delta for a second, because I was like, oh my God, is this happening? You would never catch a delta on a yellow sweatshirt. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This would be sacrilege. Right. It would have to be red. Come on. Right. <laughs> Come on. Right. Um, but regardless, um, and it was just this amazing performance. Mm-hmm. It was two hours long. And it was just phenomenally black, unapologetically black. And I was just, the whole time, I was like, man, you know what she did? She's like, my girl Bri, Bryonce, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's her birthday. And you know, and she's had a year. Clearly. And I want to give this to her. Yeah. She didn't need to text that to you. No. Friends don't do that. No, friends just do. She... Telekinesis transmitted to you a gift that goes without words. Yeah. And so I let all the internet know, yes, you guys got the, you know, the residual love Mm -hmm, from, mm -hmm. from the queen that is Beyonce. Collateral beauty. Yes. So this was about me. There's no question. This was about right. me. There's no question. There's. It was absolutely about me. Uh, the B um, stands for you. That's Bryna. the bright Bryna. Mm-hmm. And then the the Delta. We're we're still unclear. Right. Um, and the K is definitely for. No. K. This is for you. <laughs> K. This is for Bry. <laughs> K. This is for go back to B. <laughs> Bry. Um, it was awesome. I just want to say what the set list was, just because it's. It was an amazing set list. I only watched those clips that you showed me. And yeah. It was a good. It was a yeah, good and that was just like a, like so. She's performing again on Saturday mm-hmm. for the second week of Coachella, the second weekend of Coachella, but it's not being live streamed, which I'm devastated about because mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. want to watch mm-hmm. it. Um, 
but you know we'll see what comes of it so she started with like the Beychella intro which was really cool um, and then she, she went to Crazy in Love and she had contained elements of Back That Ass Up Wrigley he, he likes that song. Yeah, he does like back that ass up. We've mm-hmm, seen him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've seen him lift his butt up a lot uh, as of late. He's good at it. <laughs> um, back that ass up. Humble. I'm a hustler and down for my N word. Mm-hmm. And that went into freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, freedom, freedom. freedom love, yeah. Lovely song. Then went into lift every voice and sing, which if folks didn't know, which I'm sure most of the white audience of Coachella didn't know, is the Black National, Black National Anthem, Anthem yeah. at which. Google it. There's beautiful renditions of it on it's YouTube. It's one of the best songs ever. It really is such a... And, like, to harmonize with it is... I've sang it before. It's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful song. That Black National Anthem went into Formation, mm. which is, like, very big, considering what Lemonade was, what Formation was, and the imagery. Beautiful. And then went to Sorry, to the uh, Me, Myself, and I... It went to Kitty Cat, which is the acapella version of it. Went into Bow Down and I've Been On. It just contains, uh, contains elements of Bout It, Bout It. Went into Drunken Love. Went into Diva. Went into Flawless Remix. Um, I'm trying to think. And again, she had elements of all these other... Oh, Drunken Love mm-hmm. was amazing because she contained elements of Lilac Wine and then Swag Surfing, which is a very... Like it reminded me of going to the black parties I went to oh, when I was like when I went to college, mm-hmm. um, and irreplaceable it had elements of that and went into diva, um, with it like had elements of dirt off your shoulder, everybody mad. Again, she put elements of like other black artists mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. her music, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Um, she went to the flawless remix, and then Baychella happened with like a little bit of um, DJ Khaled related stuff. Mm. Went into top off with a DJ Khaled uh, cover. 7-Eleven, which you wanted. Mm-hmm. Then she did the Bugaboo interlude, which is where she bought, brought the boys out and did the probate show for us. Folks don't know what a probate show is. You want to tell them what a probate show is? A probate show is when a chapter within the Divine Nine mm-hmm. of fraternities and sororities, which are historically black, mm-hmm. introduce new members of their uh, chapter line. Yes. And so that is usually a big to-do around the campus, yes. the respective campus, and yeah. people come from all over to uh, unveil the new members. Right. It's It was amazing. And she did things that would happen in a probate line. Literally, I was like, so what HBCU is blue going to in certain like which ones are they going to now because i feel like this is happening um went into don't hurt yourself i care partition yonce mi gente which Mm -hmm. Uh, great song mine baby boy you don't love me hold up count count countdown check on it which i've been waiting for her to do check on it it? yeah come over and check up on it yeah that was a long time ago that was the oh she hasn't performed that live in a long time and she listened to us she listened to the beehive and she did it for us. She listened just, to your heart, yeah. She listened to me. Yeah. Again, this yeah. is about me. Uh, oh, oh, yes. And then went to Deja Vu where Jay came out. I will say... Jay inter- came out for Deja Vu. Right. What I thought was funny was that he was cracking a little bit, maybe forgot a word or two. <laughs> and uh, he was there for like literally five seconds and then left. Um, and folks were like, he can't even like... Yeah. He can't even... This woman is already like an hour and a half in and hasn't lost her breath. <laughs> like, you can't do five seconds? Come on, Jay. <laughs> I'm older now. I can't. Uh, I gotta. Uh, rock, rock family. So he, but he didn't come on for Crazy in Love? No. Okay. It's, at first, I didn't think she was going to bring anybody out mm-hmm. because 
Why should Amazing. she? Amazing. Why should she? Yeah. Um, she did the buzz interlude, Who Run the World, uh, Girls, then went into Lose My Breath, Say My Name, and Soldier, where Destiny's Child came out. I will say, throughout this whole performance, I was like, edge Asking of my yourself, seat. yourself, where is Michelle? No, I... You <laughs> wait shit for that. What? I literally... So the whole show, I was like, oh, this is amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And then, all of a sudden, the beat dropped for Lose My Breath. Mm-hmm. And, I, like, the beat started, and mm-hmm. I was just like, I wonder if that's... I think that's a Destiny. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, like, think anything mm-hmm. of it. And I didn't see... Mm-hmm. I didn't... Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see the three silhouettes coming up, but our friend, our friend Ellie did. There's two silhouettes. Three. Oh, you're talking about Beyonce, too? Yeah, Beyonce. I thought was. Latavia came back. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so these three silhouettes come, like, from the bottom of the stage up. I did, like, it took me a second to realize it was them. Mm-hmm. Like, just a second. And the only reason why I realized it is because our friend Ellie punched the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Ellie, who's not in the even, face. No, she punched like oh, me okay, on, on the tell. shoulder. Um, and she's not like a Beyonce stand like me, but she lost it, and uh-huh. I started tearing up. Aww, aww. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why either. But even now, I'm like, it was like Kelly was always my favorite. We weirdly emotional to see the three. Of, I don't know why it was that for me. You're tearing up right now. I know. Do we need to take a moment. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm oh, fine. Goodness. Um, I'm just really like in tune with myself these days. Um, oh, wow. And um, did Michelle go into gospel music? She did, and they yeah. sang a song together. All three of them actually. Oh, on her gospel record. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's called. I thought you meant Adam. when Jesus says yes, no one else, nobody can't say no. It's a, and it's a really this cute. This is why, you know. It's it, a really cute it, music video, too. I have not heard anyone question Beyonce's Christian morals. I myself am not a Christian, mm-hmm. but I'm always like, how does she reconcile her lifestyle as like this this super famous pop star with being like a God-fearing Christian woman? And then God likes yeah, strong women if you he, read, it, read in the Bible. Just saying. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, but then you notice like she's never worn any scant outfits like she's i've never seen you know how Nicki minaj will be in a thong mm-hmm. every once in a while right and is not afraid to show skin yeah you've never seen that from beyonce she'll show a little she'll a little ass cheek in the like the bottom is, ass cheek it is the, a little bit of like it's very just like it's very it's tasteful the, it's the most southern part of the ass cheek yes you can't but get also a, really it's really like hot. if it were the globe it would be antarctica like that's yeah. how much you can see of her ass cheek. Yeah, she's and even if she wears leotards, she has like you know mm-hmm. the three layers of pantyhose yeah. or tights or whatever. She keeps it real refined for herself. I yeah, pre- she's a know. she's a classy broad. I'm not. There's no judgment in that statement. It's just an observation. Yeah, absolutely. And then she did get me bodied. Single ladies like put a ring like on it. it. Oh, uh, love on top. And that's mm-hmm. how she ended, which was lovely. So many good songs. Yeah, it ah. was two hours long. Listen, it, it ended Dang. at. Uh, 4.15 our time. Well, she did that many songs in two hours? It's like the Motown musical in here. That's what that reminds me of. Did you yeah, see the Motown musical when it was on? Yeah. Wasn't it like, it was for really me, long. for me, it, it was, was a long, long, but then you're thinking, okay, two hours of Motown. And they, in the first 10 minutes, go through about mm, 15 songs. Yeah. Motown song, Motown. I said, at the rate you guys are going, you're going to run out of songs. Yeah. Like this and then you're like, gonna... And then you're like, oh, wait. We're not going to. Right. And two hours later, you realize, I forgot how many songs Motown had. Yeah. And Beyonce, similarly, in two hours, filled up all that space. And what I find so wonderful about all of this is that 
okay, so Coachella is the CEO or the person who owns Coachella is a homophobe, I heard. Um, so like, that's not great. Uh, but she, in the end, at the end, mm-hmm. when everything was like about to be done, she's like, thank you for, she talked about how she dreamt all of she this. She being Beyonce. Beyonce talked mm-hmm. about, in the, in the show, she talked about how she dreamt like you know, I'm sorry. You know, I I'm I'm so glad I can be here with my with you all at home on stage because home feels like the stage for her, um, and that she you know she wanted to do this last year, but I got pregnant. Thank God, it was a blessing from God for her to get pregnant, mm-hmm. and I had these two beautiful babies. And you know, while I was pregnant with them and while I was having them, I dreamt all of this up, this black probate like. She took us to Wakanda Church, and this is what someone said. Alyssa Adams, uh, prophet, mentioned she took us to a Wakanda Church, a, a HBCU classic, Battle of the Bands, the Ultimate Probate Step Show, and more. Um, Drumline, all of these different things about like very black, all about black culture. Mm-hmm. She brought all of this to light. Mm-hmm. She dreamed all this up, and then in the end, she's like, "Thank you for." letting me be the first black female headliner in Coachella in their 15 years of being here. She's the first one that's the first black woman. Really? Yeah. What? And you know what she said right after that? What'd she say? Ain't that a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Beyonce! Beyonce! Yes! And what Beyonce! I found, what I found even more striking, again, she's a very private person. I think people have a lot of yeah. things to say about, like, everyone is, like, too extra about her. I'm like, her, this show proves that we have the right to be extra about her because she is flawless in her way of doing things. By the way, she also brought Solange out, and they did, like, a really cute sister thing. It was amazing. Um, I was waiting for the babies to come out but they didn't Mm. it's okay Mm -hmm. but miss tina posted this picture on instagram and if you don't follow miss tina on instagram it is the best auntie to follow on instagram because she's trying so hard to be like cool on instagram she'll just say jokes on instagram it's really cute um but she uh she posted specifically this quote that i thought was so telling of beyonce's character and it made me love her more so this is what she said so miss miss uh miss tina said I told Beyonce that I was afraid that her that her, the predominantly white audience and also culturally appropriating let's be real uh, that's my commentary at Coachella would be confused by all the black culture and black college culture because it is something that they might not get her brave response to me made me feel a bit selfish and ashamed she said I have worked hard very hard to get to to the point where I have a true voice and at this point mm, in my life mm, and my mm, career mm, mm, I I have a responsibility to do what's best for the world mm. and not what is most mm. popular. Mm. 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 That's the quote that she said. She said that her hope is that after the show, young people would research this culture and see how cool it is that young people, black and white, would listen to Lift Every Voice and Sing and see how amazing the words are for all of all of us to bridge the gap. She also hopes that it will encourage young kids to enroll in our amazing historically black colleges and universities. I stand corrected. She taught her mama. So mom, sit your ass down. Like... <laughs> this woman. <sighs> so so, over the weekend. Yes. Last weekend, mm-hmm. I had to go to Hoboken, New Jersey, yes. for something that was my own fault. You forgot a book at a bus station, and you're getting your book. I was. Sick. I, know, I know a lot about you. I was sixteen you pages hide away from finishing that book, and I left it on the <laughs> bus. Nerd. So Remember I how you went, did that three times to me last weekend. I just wanted to yeah. do it to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was it three times? It was like a couple of times you did it in the last half. I thought cast. it was four. 
So probably five. Let's be real. <laughs> so um, when I went there, I spent the afternoon there because I had some friends in Hoboken. Yeah. I love Hoboken. It's a fun, fun spot. I had never been. It's a it's a nice place, yeah. right? So I'm there, and this friend of my friend, we get on the subject of Beyonce. Mm-hmm. People who know me know that pre Super Bowl Beyonce. You don't know anything. I didn't. Not only did I not know anything, I thought her songs were catchy. And that's as much as I could say about her at best. I was not a member of the Beehive. Sure. I didn't understand the Beehive. Mm-hmm. I thought the Beehive's feelings toward Beyonce were misplaced. Right. Which is what most people think. I, I thought, you know what? What I'm waiting for... Well, Alex, what's your criticism? My criticism was always, yeah, she can sing. Mm-hmm. Do you She's dance? very talented. She can dance. She's a great performer Beautiful. and entertainer. Yeah, all those with all that, who are you? What do you stand for? Mm -hmm. What are you about? Because if you're just a singer, I will forget you as soon as you retire. Your songs will be good and they'll play on radio, but your significance is... What is is your impact in in the culture, in the community? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Beyond just the music. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Super Bowl Beyonce happened. Which one? The one where she... Um, Black Panther. So that was two years ago. Yes. So not even the one where she shut everything down. That literally electricity was gone. Oh, the after one the in show. New Orleans. Yes. No, not that one. Yeah. The one where she is uh, in all the Black Panther garb with the bullets. It's like, right after Formation. Yeah. Yeah. Because Formation came out and then yeah this happened. That yeah. was the first time she claimed blackness in a very overt, confrontational way. And we talked and about I this. I loved it. We talked about this because. I like you know we all develop differently in our mm-hmm. journeys of like our mm-hmm. race, our identities, mm-hmm. and our various aspects of our totally. identities. And like formation happened for her, lemonade in general happened for her because there's some things that she went through in her yep. marriage. She's she gone had through a some, child. She had a child. She had a couple of miscarriages. Yep. She then had a child and probably yep. had some more miscarriages because that's a thing. Yep. And she's like, my child is black, and these mm-hmm. black babies are dying. Yeah. So, Babies are dying. So for yeah. the gal in Hoboken, mm-hmm. a friend of my friend, mm-hmm. who was still on the side of, who is Beyonce? Uh-huh. She did- yeah. Sorry, that was just my phone. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah, I, that is Drake. It's just <laughs> so obvious. Like I don't. I wouldn't be surprised. No one is surprised. <laughs> no one is surprised. That if you've ap- listened to episodes thirty-five through thirty-nine, you probably already knew that. Anyway, you know, it's been my my ringtone for like two years. I know, but just like it just, just doesn't surprise me now. You said Drake like fifteen times today. <laughs> Stop stroking your hair. So, sorry, it's just I just feel some kind of so way about funny. him now. Anyway, go ahead. Sex symbol. I'm telling people. So anyway, she uh, so it's like no, she just she has a whole entourage. She has a whole crew of people working right. for her. She is just the voice who shows up and does the presentation of it. But right. there's so many people behind her that make. It. I said, listen. I was with you. I hear you. Right. If you had caught me two years ago, You're I would like, have I been agree. right behind you. Yeah. But I have watched her grow and her maturation and finding her voice. And let's be real. This is new to her. Yeah. Like being at the forefront of a message while not being politically active yeah. in her previous life. Yeah. Um, is new to her. Yeah. And so she's stepping into this and learning day by day, moment by moment, as she makes these performances. And it does take a team. You can't do all the stuff she does by herself. So it does rely upon a lot of people helping her out. And so... Yeah, absolutely. This person really wanted to fight me on this. I was like, listen, nah, you're not- I hear where you're coming from, but I think you're a little late. Yeah. Like... And there will still be people that are mad. 
and say that she she ain't shit and there's whatever mm-hmm. and i'll be like you literally don't have eyes and ears you mm-hmm. are not seeing that's amazing it's it, it was just Im- so- who else is doing it and the thing is like it's important and like yes like when people are like oh she's very calculated and she's like everything is secretive and ev- like i know yeah, sure. i know people that i've worked with students that i've worked with that have worked for parkwood yeah her, and like yeah, they sign ndas and things like that yeah, and they only talk about it after what the, is, what's the nda uh, non-disclosure agreement. There you go. Um, and all of these different things that, like, if you are a strong businesswoman, you would do things like that. That's good marketing. It's called being smart. Yeah. And so you want her to be dumb? You think she's dumb because she's, um, you know, this... I think people think she's dumb because she's like this southern girl with her southern accent, right. speaking stupid, like quote unquote stupidly. She ain't she ain't dumb. And she had long blonde hair, and she can yeah, dance, and, and people mistake and pe- that. And people all take that to be like, oh, she's not appreciating her black culture by having blonde hair when she could have, like, her natural black. I hair. I do wonder when the last time is she had natural hair. Is there a you got a timestamp on that? I I mean like. I think we've seen her national. I think I have too, hair. and I liked it. Yeah, and and it's beautiful. Like it does. Mm. Again, it doesn't matter. Let her live her life. But I think she's always been about women's empowerment. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're kind of kind of coming into the formation of who you are, and then the complications of your identity and its intersectionalities of being a woman, being a woman of color, being a mother, being a you know being all being black, being white, being all these different things, it it plays to. It plays to a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she did amazing. She's performing again. I don't think it's... I'm fairly certain it's not being um, uh, live-streamed. But I will say that after this performance, she announced uh, a launch of a scholarship fund for HBCU students. Um, and I believe it's like a $25,000 scholarship uh, money to a student in Xavier University in Louisiana, uh, Wil- Wilberforce University in Ohio, Tus- Tuskegee University in Alabama, and Bethune-Cookman University in Florida are all getting $25,000 each. So that's $100,000. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be something that's happening. And she's like, I appreciate in a world where we look at black people and black culture as cool when it's done by white people. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. but not cool when it's done by black people, or like not okay, in certain senses of this like larger American culture of mm-hmm. like what being black is bad, mm-hmm. but it's only cool when like Miley Cyrus twerks. Like twerking is not cool until Miley Cyrus does it, mm-hmm. or that you know, mofos like Taylor Swift Swift can take September and we can now listen to it. Like, can we talk about that? Yes, trash? let's talk about that trash. I'm so pissed. I, I've been saying a lot, so you can. I just listen. Ugh. Okay. Bottom line: Miley Cyrus, appro- Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift appropriated a song by Earth, Wind, and Fire called "September." She absolutely appropriated. Everyone it. knows. Well, it's a quote unquote cover. Yeah. People. She everybody me. knows. She's a, she appropriated. Everyone who has been to a barbecue. At any point in your life involving even one black person. She even said the wrong knows. date of September. Um, someone said, she, is it in the first line of the yeah. song? She Do changed it remember? on purpose. She changed it on purpose. Why? The article explained why. I didn't care to read it. Because the whole song is still September minus one line is irrelevant. You're covering September. That's, that's what you're attempting to do. So anyone has been around a barbecue involving even just one black person or a 
black wedding of any kind yeah. or a celebration has heard the song September. Or I've heard of Earth, Wind, and Fire and the amazing... I've watched Earth, Wind, and Fire live. Legends. I went to their concert. I've seen them live. And they are... Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Even even seasoned as they were. Still kicking it. Still kicking it with a good fan base who is loyal. So she took this funky song. It's funky, right? In a good way. In a delicious way. In a really funky, like... Sits in like a nice groove kind of way, right? And she mm. takes that mm. and she takes all the funk out of it, yeah, and makes it this country weird thing. And I showed you the video of the three, three black black, black aunties, yeah, listening to this. Being Jeez. they are literally all of us like very confused. I personally did not what? listen there's to it. Three different reactions. Yeah, there's one that's just like laughing on laughing the right. hysterically because like, it's what just is this garbage. It's, it's completely garbage obnoxious right right the one on the left is like just kind of shocked like just like what is this yeah she's, like, like, she's vo- very confused right shocked. she's audibly just d- confused yeah, right and the one in the middle is just like no stone-faced no standing there no like <laughs> no like no like he just dumped audible nope. garbage into her ears and she's and she literally standing there like no Absolutely not. You cannot tell me. This is the September song that I know. Nope. Yeah. And so my feelings toward this are the same as yours in that there are the internet has spoken to say there are some things that are sacred you do not touch. And And if if you are going to make a cover, I think it's a very uh, flattering form of, of a compliment. Um, right? Like, it's really nice to say, like, I really love this music that you created. And maybe putting your twist in it is fine. But you literally took the essence out of what that song is. The one article said she took the joy out of it. Absolutely. She stripped the joy out of uh-huh. it. That was the Now, funk. I'm thinking to myself, would it have been better if she had tried to keep the joy? And we no, would have said we would have dragged her for it, We too. still would have dragged her. Because and she ain't shit. It's, she's, what did someone say? They said in one of the articles... You can't have a song like that if you don't have range. And everybody knows Taylor Swift ain't got no dial tone. (laughs) She doesn't have the range to compliment Earth, Wind, and Fire. So why would you take this on? So the black community sees Taylor Swift, a white girl from from Tennessee, who just... Up and made herself famous um, with a lot of people's help. She's yeah. she's got a whole and team. she has a fan base that's right and a team and her fan base is largely white women. white women, young women who do not listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire. So I, if your attempt was to bring this music to them through this, which a lot of her fan base are saying, oh. I love this song. I am just frolicking through the halls and this is lighting up my day and all of this stuff. What I am upset by is that their joy on this song pales in comparison to the original. Absolutely. And its intent and its form and its construction. And its and beauty. It's, it's just lacking. Yeah. And so it's just a watered down Generation Z version of... 
a song that it's was before May, my it's time. The, it's the Mayo version of you, the song. You and I didn't get this song when we grew up. No. This song is before we were born. But I listened to it. My it's parents listened to so it. So good. Yeah. And it's, my parents aren't even black, right, but it's like right. such a, it was such a funky tune. But, you know, I'll say this. There are some people out there on the internet saying, I like Taylor Swift's version. I like this song. Hey. I've only listened art. to the clip that the aunties listened to. I, did, I have not listened to there it. There are some people out there saying that they actually enjoy the song. Black people even saying, like, cool. oh, I don't mind it. That's fine. We're talking about art, so it is only a matter of opinion. All of this is subjective. <laughs> if Earth, Wind, and Fire gave consent for Taylor Swift to... I think that's Swift what I heard. To, I'm sure they did. You yeah. could totally get sued for this if right. they didn't. So they gave consent for her to cover it. And I think for them, marketing-wise, it's a smart move because it brings it to a new generation sure, of totally. people. But, uh, it, so... I totally am. I am just saying that my opinion is only an opinion, and everyone's is only an opinion. Yeah, what everyone's I, got one. What I don't like about it is simply that her vocal abilities have always been questionable to me, and her fan base is so not racially conscious mm-hmm. and appreciative Neither of black she. culture. She has no stake. It's like. I'll go into a controversy that happened last year. The Whitney Biennial had a painting of Emmett Till, mm-hmm. kind of abstracted I, by Dennis Schultz. Where's Whitney? By, by, like, who, the Whitney Museum okay. of American Art in New York City mm-hmm. does its biennial every two years, mm-hmm. hence the name Biennial. And Dennis Schultz is a white painter in Brooklyn who did a painting that was admitted to the Whitney Biennial called Emmett Till, who was a black boy in the early 1900s who was lynched in the south because he quote-unquote looked at a, a white girl the wrong and way we all found out that it's not it wasn't even true that she touched him that she that he touched her yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so they and beat she, him to a pulp and she later on said in her old age that wasn't true that right she lied right she beat they beat him to a pulp and his mother so they brought his body back to chicago he was mm-hmm. from chicago they he sent him down family. to the south and so they sent the body back to chicago and the mother said we're gonna have an open, open casket. casket and so y'all are gonna see what they did to my baby right and he yep. looked like you were unrecognizable mm-hmm. so there's pictures there's a of it yeah. painting not realistically but abstracted of emmett till hanging in the whitney Biennial, and everyone got really upset mm-hmm. by this painting this. because if the painting had been done by a black, black artist mm-hmm. Or an oppressed group of some kind who had some track record of speaking on behalf of uh, black rights right. or the disenfranchised, it would have been different. But by a white female artist who has no background right. talking about the Zero. subject, yeah. it looks like you're capitalizing on someone on, cool the, right on the work of black people before you. Yeah, and so it was a problem for Taylor Swift to take this song and two. Taylor Swift dies it, mm-hmm. which is to say, take all the joy out of it and make it something really basic. Put mayonnaise in it. Super basic ass. Mayo. Simple, digestible mayo. stuff. Mayo. For no hot sauce. White all mayo. White tween tweenagers. Sure. Tween tweens. Tweens. White tweens. Um, it just it just looks. It just feels like a violation. And the thing is, there has been multiple reports. And Taylor, you can come for me. I can take you, just so you know. She's feisty today. I'm like, not today. All right. Queen Bee gave me a present that I will have for the rest of my life. I am blessed. I will get you. She's taken this far. <laughs> and um, so, but this is something that Taylor Swift does, where someone says something critical of her, mm-hmm. specifically when it comes to race, the fact that when she, in her concerts there are 
Confederate flags, like her fans bring Confederate flags. No, boo boo. Um, they that she has never spoken up about anything related to Black Lives Matter or that having Confederate flags and those kinds of things are not okay. All of these different things where Mm-mm. she she has Mm-mm. she has had ample amount of opportunities. How her girl squad is all white for mostly, and then mm-hmm. or white passing. Mm-hmm. She has the one token black girl and like the one Latina woman with in Selena Gomez who's also white passing. Um, so you have all of these different things that she's just very white and like basic white girl. Yeah. And that's and like if that's who you are, that's who you are. But you have this platform and now you're going to take the one of the most blackest things, Earth, Wind and Fire, mm-hmm. September, change this, the first line of it and make it into this basic ass mayonnaise, ranch dressing sounding piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. No thanks. You've never stood for anyone who's black and brown, and I don't stand for you. You can take several seats. If you come for me, trust me, I'll be fine. Oh come. my goodness. Oh my goodness. I'm not ready. She's, 31 makes me real feisty. Apparently. I see that. You changed on your birthday. <laughs> my God. I'm good. She's <laughs> blowing fire over here. I would say, but um, she, yeah, I agree with you in, in all aspects of that. And I just think that she doesn't know what she doesn't know. So for her to allow. But flags she, to be at her shows and not denounce that or say anything like, about that. There's articles and things that people have written about, mm-hmm. and she has shut those things down. There's reports, Give me an example. There's a, there was an example of her, like, there was some reporter that was talking about how she has anti-black views and, like, had, like, some evidence of it, and, and she, like, got that person fired. What was the... I need more evidence on that. Again, I need there's, more not stuff. A, there's a, not a lot that you can find online because she gets it scrubbed. Well... Because when you have the power of the money, you can do that. Sure. Here's, but to what we were saying... All right, so listen. It's easy for a black person or a white person like Taylor Swift to say, oh, you're going to call me a racist? No, I'm not a racist. End so of story. Take it down. Yeah. End of story. Like, right. oh, I'm a racist? No, I'm not. End of story. You can just keep being on the defensive all the time. Or you but can with, actually practice not being a racist. And that's what I was going to say. If you're on the platform, like we just said about Beyonce. Right. And you if have my a responsibility. If my criticism is that you don't take responsibility for your voice, when you start doing that, right. I'm going to start championing you and be in your corner. Until you do that, just expect some criticism from me. And you can take it or don't take it. Right. But that's just my opinion of you. So for Taylor to get even defensive about us saying anything about her earth, wind, and fire thing, instead of you saying, no, it's not irresponsible of me. No, I'm not a racist. Right. No, I'm not capitalizing on black work and my and white culture, privilege yeah. is doing this and, at my advantage. Instead, it'd be really nice to hear you say anything pro-black, mm-hmm. pro-black lives matter, support people who are not white fans of yours mm-hmm. and denounce things that are racist leaning like the confederate flag, homophobic, to be on the side of good and yeah. actually step up instead of just taking the, uh, back on your heels. Mm-hmm. So anyway. But she has a privilege to do that because she's a white woman. Yeah, with, with a lot of, I mean, she's got a lot of people behind her in an entire record label. And so it's funny, it was funny to me is when she's at a concert or the Grammys and mm-hmm. she's front row. And I remember a few years ago, Kendrick Lamar did that performance where it was fire and brimstone prison. Scene and she was rapping to it at the front of the front row up there. Standing Kendrick up even sang with her before. Cause she did like a, a video, a Snapchat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. video of her, like I saw that. singing to like 
rapping to Kedrick. I'm not saying that she's not a fan of black music no, or anything yeah, of, of that. No, of course not. But you are showing, you're giving me proof more time and time again of how you are, like, you don't speak up when it matters, especially when you have the platform that you do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call us out, too, in saying that we're privileged in the way that we get to have a discourse around this on a regular sure. basis. Yeah. For her being in an industry where it's all about the bottom line, numbers, record labels, and all this sort of stuff. Right. She thinks she's making so much money that I don't think it matters for the bottom no, line anymore for she, her. She doesn't know what she doesn't know, and so for her being in the spaces where she is with a lot of people of color mm-hmm. and marginalized groups who are successful in the industry, yeah, she feels like she has the right cachet to make decisions like this because right. she's supported by people in her immediate vicinity around her, but. If she were to think more critically and have more access to conversation around these topics, which is to say if she had more time on her schedule and wasn't completely about making music. Or she had maybe music, a diverse group of people to tell her. Um, she would, And again, she would tell you that she does. And we would, we would probably question that based on who she would show us in her life mm-hmm. because there just aren't people around her who are exposing her to certain ideas right. around these which topic areas. Which is what areas. we talk about all the time of why discourse is important and why dissonance in your life is important if you don't have people that are different from you. Right. Like, look at us. I'm a Christian. You're an atheist. Mm-hmm. You're biracial. I'm Indian. Mm-hmm. And probably other things, too. I, I kind of want to find that out. But, like, there's different parts of us that are, like, we have ideas that are different. We have thoughts about life that are different. But that doesn't mean there isn't any, like, love lost between us, right? right? And, like, that we can, like, get to know each other, learn about each other, have discourse and be like, I don't know, man, I don't know if I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And still, like, be okay and have our mind and worldview expanded. <clears throat> and the fact that hers is not with all of this money and all of this power is really just, I just feel bad for you. At the end of the day, well, yeah, In the I same agree, way, I, agree. I look at Beyonce and <clears throat> who she has surrounded herself with. And mm-hmm. someone may say, like, she's surrounding herself with only black people. Mm-hmm. But Black people are very diverse within even in its own culture. and White people are just going to counter with saying, yeah. well, so are white people. We're diverse in our own whiteness. Really? Well, I mean, hey. That's, I mean, if you're going to call out black diversity, on the other end, there's going to be that But then she's also counter. like friends with other people that are different from her. She has, she's like friends with Bruno Mars. She's friend, like, you know, she's friends with uh, Chris Martin from that band. Who are you, who are you talking about? Oh, Beyonce. Coldplay. Coldplay, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Wait, you're talking about her celebrity friends? Right, but like these are people that she also collaborates with. Yeah. Who The only celebrity that Taylor Swift that has collaborated with that is diverse is Kendrick that I can think of. Uh, she, I don't want to, I don't even want to group collaborators as friends. Those but aren't like, friends. Beyonce has proven that she's friends with those people because she has like yeah. her children hangs out with Chris Martin's kids. Yeah. But I'm talking about people who are not in industry. Yeah, that too. Because yeah. she's just not... I mean, being around industry people is fine, but you're not going to get exposed too. to a, a heightened level of awareness, of self-awareness in the context of a culture and a critical theory around race, gender, and other okay, aspects of fair. identity. She's just not going to get that right. when she's trying and to make right. pop songs. I'm like thinking, you know, she's, she's, Taylor Swift has done stuff with Todrick Hall, who's mm-hmm. a gay black boy, yeah, man. Yeah, Todrick. Yeah. Um, okay, so maybe that isn't a good argument. But regardless, I just, ugh, I'm done with her. But at the end of the day, you know what? She her. made a smart move in sitting there and saying, okay, I mean, am I going to get some, her. am I, exactly, am I going to get some pushback on this? Any press is good press because at the end of the day, there's People nothing, talking. there is We're nothing, talking about her. there is, exactly, there's nothing critically, <laughs> ostensibly, 
factually wrong, categorically wrong with covering a song by a band that you admire. And if that band says, okay, we'd love for you to do that, then anyone who has a problem with that, one like one girl said on here, she said, I actually, it was a black girl, teenager from, I think, Florida. Yeah. She was like, I actually like Taylor Swift's song. There, I said it. And then on her Instagram page I went to, it, it's mm-hmm. that that Indian guy from Mean Girls who says, don't let the haters stop you from doing your thing. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, you know what? She can do whatever she wants. This is only my opinion. Yeah. No one has to accept it as fact. It's Again, we all have opinions. Right. That's what they are. I wish you had left that song alone. If you come for Michael Jackson, I will cut you. <laughs> so, again, come for us, girl. We we can take it. Don't touch <laughs> Michael Jackson. Stop touching black songs. <laughs> Stop touching our stuff. I'm claiming black stuff, too. Make, Just go to, okay. in this Make something original for yourself and stick to that. And, like, basic four chords that you always play in all of your songs. I listen. I will just say this mm-hmm. I, to cap this off. It would matter if I respected her musical talent. When I saw her on Saturday Night Live and she was doing the opening and they had her sing a song. Okay, Taylor, go ahead and you know sing the song. She picks up the guitar and she starts strumming and she starts singing. I started laughing because she was so out of pitch. Mm-hmm. She was really out of pitch. She yep. was like... And you, could, you hyster- realize and that. And I, I don't even know pitch. But I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. For me to get this, she's really hysterically like playing up this role that she can't sing. Yeah. And then I watched the whole scene. <laughs> that was not the joke. <laughs> that was not the joke. That was not the funny part. No. I was like, oh... Oh, that's was, not funny. Oh, oh, that she was trying. Oh, Ooh. you're. Oh, you suck. <laughs> you're really bad. Whereas, like a Beyonce can acapella sing the national anthem and just be right. like, "Any questions?" Well, and it also, I'm just gonna tell the story. Maybe I've heard this before. People who've listened to the cast might have heard this before. Episodes like pre-15. Mm-hmm. Um, I know someone who knew her before she was famous. Oh, I did not know this. In Nashville, Tennessee, and. My friend worked as a barista at Starbucks. She actually uh-huh. trained other baristas right. in the area region. And um, but at the drive-through window on the Starbucks, there was a limousine that they had. A limousine pulled up, oh my and God. it was a guy who she recognized because it was the father of Taylor Swift. Right. He was driving the limousine. She knows him because they're like family friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. They placed the order. Then the other end of the drive-through window, uh, the limousine pulls up, so it's the rear end. Yeah. And it's her, and she just barely cracks the window. And this is before she was famous. Before she was famous, on the way trying to come up. This is before anyone yeah, knew. This she, is like she, high school. She like busted her butt. Like, yeah, for sure. High school, and she grabs the latte and does this like downward look, like I'm not even gonna acknowledge you. Don't know who I am, and pulls this out of here. Even and though they, she knows her. Even though she knows her. Their family knows friends. the father. They had rented a limousine for the day to drive her around. To make her seem to make her seem like she was important. You but you rented a limousine real. in Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. To get but people like, to know you. But the reality is like that's what's happening in Hollywood, Black Hollywood. It's Instagram. It's it's yes. It's yeah. let's manufacture. Before Instagram, that's what you. Have yeah, to do. you manufactured things to make it to be something. It's that kind of artifice that I just it turns me off from the whole Ugh. thing. But you know what? She's successful now. Fake it till you make it, and. 
Keep making money, Taylor. I, I'm a big fan. Love your work. Just keep doing what you do. Yeah, it was a turn right there, right? Oh, I was about to be like, do you, I, man, Cass, if y'all could see my face, I was like, no. I might not be friends with you anymore right now. I, I'm not going to tell you to stop doing what, what am I supposed to say? Like, pack it up. You're done in music. Keep no, doing your do, music. No, do what you got to do. I'm not going to listen to it. Keep bringing joy to, I'm going to stop. Just stop. I'm not offensive people. <laughs> Um, speaking of music, I just wanted to touch base on a couple of things before we end this portion. Um, J. Cole has his new album coming out tomorrow. He did a pop-up concert in New York and then one in London. Great. It was amazing. Very excited for what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kendrick won a Pulitzer. Yes, he did. Damn. For damn. Exactly. <laughs> and first black rapper to yeah. one. To one. To one. To win. Mm-hmm. A Pulitzer, which is super cool. It's amazing. Super duper cool. And I was very excited about that. We posted it mm-hmm. on the gram. That's a good album. That's an album I have listened to. Yeah. Very, very good and very deserving. And we can end off what I want to speak of our, our music. Because we've talked about music a lot these past two casts. Mm-hmm. Um, Kanye's back on Twitter. It's weird. <laughs> and he announced that on June 1st, he is releasing an album and is also releasing a collab album with Kid Cudi. Yeah, he's dropping two. Yeah, two so albums. That's how, a collab with Kid Cudi will be awesome. I love Kid Cudi. Yeah. That's a Kid good, Cudi's from Chicago, right? I think he's from, he's from Cleveland. Is he? Check it out. I'm not sure. Okay. But uh, um, but his tweets have been real interesting. If you just... Just right now, he just posted a picture, this picture and... Uh, this is a he posted it about yeah, three hours ago. He's from Cleveland. Uh, well, he posted I'm pretty a sure, shoe, a woman in a shoe. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Kim. Okay. And uh, he's just posting pictures of shoes because you know Yeezys. It's another uh, Yeezy four uh, four fifty one early prototype. He's just like, and then he said he was gonna write a book, but he's gonna do it through Twitter because he doesn't want anyone to hold him back. So he's just been posting oh, things. God, he's gonna write a novel on Twitter. Yeah. I can't. Don't. Like, like 11 Please. hours ago, he just tweeted, we're Please. all servants. Another 11 hours ago. Today, we, today will be the greatest day so far. Life keeps getting better and better. Don't trade your authentic- authenticity for approval. Just a lot of, like, wisdoms, like Kanye-isms. Um, let's be less concerned with ownership of ideas. It's, it is important that ideas see the light of day, even if you don't get the credit for them. Let's be less concerned with credit awards and external validation. God, Kanye 2020. That's pretty much where oh, we're Lord going. God. He's going to write a novel. He's he gonna... basically came back this weekend just so that he can let us know he's dropping two albums. Damn. So, but yeah, that's all I have. Cool. I but mean, yeah. that's dope. I want to give a shout out to Jerry Saltz, art critic. Oh. Bless uh, you. It's not coming out my nose. <laughs> you can't see that on the cast, though, so I'm not going to worry I about will, it. You keep on talking. I'll get you. Oh, God. Um, it's springtime, and yet I'm, like, pseudo-sick. Like, my uh, nose hasn't been unstuffed for, like, two days. Thank you for the tissues. But it's okay. You're... I'm not sick. Like, there's nothing respiratory going on, but right. this nose has clear snot that has been in there. It's you should do. You should do, like, a nasal, like, drain thing, like a neti pot. Everyone tells me to do a neti pot. I don't even... I've never done a neti pot. I get its, it's premise. Ki- it's kind of weird. It feels like you're drowning a little bit, but it, but you do, then once you get used do. to it, it's fine. Uh, I don't feel good about it. But, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, but James... Anyway. Wait, um, James Soltz? Um, no, no, no. Jerry Soltz. Jerry Soltz. He's an art critic in the city that I see from time to time, and he's around. He's like the, the well... He's like the aficionado. 
mm-hmm. on everything art critic in the city and also uh, his wife Roberta Smith who writes for the New Yorker but he was honored with a Pulitzer Prize as well mm-hmm. so congrats to him uh, and that's pretty much all I think I have I don't got anything else because I'm just so hyped about Beyonce still because again I couldn't tell it was <laughs> sorry did we talk about that for an hour? Feels like we talked about that for an hour. Almost. That was good. That was well worth it. Worth worth every second of yeah, my life. Yeah, let's talk about some basketball. Let's do that. All right, let's talk shop. Let's talk ball. All right. Um, I think, uh, especially today, um, I think it's important for us to start off this portion of the cast uh, just giving and sending our love, prayers, thoughts, and just well wishes to the Popovich family. Mm-hmm. We talk about Popovich a lot. We talk about Pop a lot. Greg Popovich, um, coach of my world, my life. Coach of your, he's your life coach. Yeah, I, I wanna, right. I wanna give zero Fs like coach, uh, coach does. I see. You know, that's true. If you didn't notice that in the earlier portion of our cast, yeah, um, fiery. Super fiery. Um, but so Coach Pop, uh, uh, yesterday on Wednesday, uh, it was announced by the Spurs organization that um, Coach Pop's wife uh, passed away from an illness. I'm not sure what the illness was um, or what is happening as far as that is concerned. Um, her her name was Erin Popovich. I believe she was 60-something years old. Um, but she had some sort of illness that um was the reason that 67 she was 67 so um she's been part of the part of the spurs organization as long as greg popovich has been Mm -hmm. and um survived by two children and several grandchildren Mm -hmm. um been married for four decades four decades 40 years um and i think just I I know hearing what I heard about Erin, um, Pop, Mrs. Popovich, and just I remember hearing that she died and just feeling my, like someone punched me in the gut because I just felt so horrible for Pop. Yeah. I just don't even... Death is like... I'm not afraid of death, but I still feel sad for folks who have to experience it because mm-hmm. a loss of someone that you love mm-hmm. is hard. Yeah. There's nothing you can say. I mean, it says it all that this guy never, he loves basketball. Yeah. He loves, we all know he loves basketball. He's done it since Tim Duncan was in the league. Mm -hmm. He came in, had Tim Duncan for all 19 years of his career. Mm -hmm. Tim Duncan retired and he's still the head coach of the Spurs. Mm -hmm. This guy... And Tim Duncan's and like, breathes. I'll stay and help. Yeah. <laughs> he, he sleeps and breathes basketball. Yeah. He's not coaching. And he's old school. Yeah, he's not coaching game three. Yeah, like which is for happening him, today. For him to step aside and not coach a game, he needs to be with something he loves more, which is his family. And I will say just the all of NBA is like rallying around yeah. Pop. Um, the Some reporter was interviewing LeBron on Wednesday after the game, which we can, we'll talk about in a little bit, um, and told him, you know, we just found out today that just now that um, Aaron Popovich died, uh, Greg Popovich's do- uh, wife, um, and just a shock on his face. And like he literally was like, oh, shit. It was, it was his actual reaction mm. on NBA TV and was like, I j- 
what like wow just and he was just like lost um Ginobili and uh Parker. Tony Parker mm-hmm. literally like Tony Parker's like I like I was out in France and the first team I signed in with was with the Spurs He's 19 and, yeah 19 years old and Aaron and Greg were my dad and mom mm-hmm. and you can see just the sadness in their in their face and in their voice you can hear it mm-hmm. um uh, Manu Ginobili, another one that has been his career, I think his whole career with the Spurs as well. Yeah. Um, just also speaking to, again, just the sadness that they're feeling. And it's it's bigger than basketball in this moment. Mm-hmm. Papa's made it very clear, get your head in the game. We're down to. Right. Um, and keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to send our love. I just, loss sucks. And Pop, we love you. You're welcome to the cast, whatever. If you want to talk about mm-hmm. not anything else, we're fine. It's oh. all good. We love you, Pop. Yeah. A lot. So, a lot of love out to uh, Greg and his family. All right. But yeah. And the Spurs family, too, because she's been in like a big part of that whole franchise. Yeah, R.C. Buford and that whole team yeah. over there does an amazing job. That's an amazing organization. One people that, emulate that organization for a reason. People would love to play for that org. Yeah, so, absolutely. Let's talk about the Cavaliers. What about them? They are tied one-one currently in the standings with the uh, Pacers, going right. back to Indiana. Yep. How do you think they're gonna do? Not great. You think they'll come out uh, tied up two two at least? Probably. Okay, I I hope so. I I think it's I think it's gonna take seven games potentially for this for this uh, <laughs> series, only because they like what is wrong like the games are sucking. Game one, they Ugh. lost ninety eight to eighty. That's and not great. Eighties ninety eight. That's fine if the Pacers score ninety eight because the Cavs should score a hundred something. Right. But they scored eighty. Right. What? <laughs> so something else Your needs face. to happen. Game what? game two, LeBron had to score forty six points. Right. Just so they could win by three. So Your team is broken again. Something something is broken. And I wanna s I think I know what it is. What do you think it is? It's Tristan Thompson's penis. Oh <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Here we go. It's it's him. Oh man. And his, his wandering ways. They're gonna trade him so fast in the offseason. Oh, off I season. because they, his stat lines are just garbage, and they've yeah. been garbage all year. And they're they gonna pen. try and move that massive contract. You know what I realized? His agent is LeBron's agent. Yeah, which is why he got the Rich eighteen Paul? million. Yeah, and I did not realize that until recently, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, this garbage deal. Oh yeah, they're there's all, no way he would have gotten that. He's if, got Rich Paul has so much clout because of LeBron. He can yeah. just wheel and deal whatever people are on his his payroll right but at the end of the day the cavaliers are lacking a lot of stuff i don't know if it's defense i don't know if it's shooters i don't i don't know it's definitely what defense it is. is there because i mean meaning defense is one of the things that they're lacking mm-hmm. that's definitely for sure they've been lacking that all year it's not like that's new G- game two tyloo do you moves. think it's just too young of a team still I think that's part of it. The nerds. Well, they asked LeBron after the first game. Like, you lost. Right. You had 80 points. You lost to the Pacers. What What gives? He goes, listen, we got guys on this team it's who first have playoffs. never done yeah. this before. And I've, I've been in them trying to keep people calm and stable. Right. But you just kind of have to. I've been in it, like, 15 times. You got to <laughs> get, yeah, you gotta get your sea legs. Right. I know what it is. But uh, he also said, I am not the guy to ask about 
being down in the first round. He right, said, have I ever, have I lost games in my, the first round before? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so, also, remember the time I was down 3-1 and still won a championship? Oh, he said that too. Yeah. <laughs> he said that exact term. He's like, I've been down 3-1. I get it. Right. That's, the problem is, is that he's saying, I can get it. Right. Where's the we in it? And no, I, he, he is, says we. Right. I'm paraphrasing. And, no, I know. But like. We when we when we're talking about it, we're talking about that. Yes, he can do it. Right. What about the rest of his team? I can't doubt. Why is Jr. not putting buckets up? Well, like why you know why is he's, he's just you know Kyle Korver's actually Jr. had 15 the other night. I give him that. I'm like thank God. Thanks, thanks for showing up. Streaky sometimes. Kyle Korver started the other night. Yeah, and he was he was hustling. Mm-hmm. He was like lots of really good defensive plays and things of that nature mm-hmm. and doing what he does. Mm-hmm. But if they don't. Whatever like nerve that they're having, they just need to shake it off and like. Oh, I didn't like. Don't that. Said, please ooh, don't do a Taylor ooh, Swift. You ooh, just. Ooh. Both. Oh. Ooh, I did not like that. Re-record this. <laughs> delete, delete it all. Like whatever, whatever bad juju that they're feeling, they mm. need to like, like figure it out, and so that they can get the head, their head in the game. Do you think it's what's. Do you think it's the talent on the court that's the problem? Are you talking about Coach Lou? I'm not saying anything. I'm just asking. <laughs> Your face if it's is saying something. a lot of things. Well, only you know that. No one else <laughs> has to know that. Who's listening? <laughs> Your face is. Your face is saying mm, to Coach Lou. I if if I am Colby Altman mm-hmm. and Dan. The closeted racist Trump supporter Gilbert, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking to myself, how do I keep LeBron James here? Get, do I keep LeBron James here in the off season if I get rid of Ty Lue, or do I automatically lose LeBron if I get rid of Ty Lue? I think there's a lot of respect between the both of them. I don't think it, like, if it's a decision that they make, they make it. But I don't, I don't think that's going to change for him. And I don't know who I would bring into that role anyway that would be the biggest question honestly after the season and what happened with pop i don't know if pop i I wonder if pop will come back i don't know i'm like just because i don't know if he knows i mean absolutely i don't you know yeah like death and like stuff like that i again we've all said the only only people that can you're saying this because you you were thinking the only person who could coach lebron would be like greg popovich like pop or pop or kerr yeah you could do a player trade. You could trade a few players for a coach. They did that with Doc Rivers. They no did. comment. They, I know, but I'm just like laughing at. Yeah. You could trade some of the. You could trade Tristan Thompson. Get rid of Clarkson, Nance. Mm-hmm. I like them. J.R. Smith, Corver. I love Corver. Green, Hill. So the whole team. Yep. Yeah. And then just bring in Greg Popovich and start over. That's what you do. But uh, I don't know. But anyway, I don't know what's wrong with the Cavs. They need I to mean, figure it out, though. And yeah, because if they don't, like, I want to see you this, in the second round. I'm if, not, like we all say how LeBron is basically Superman mm-hmm. in the way that he does things. He's the king. Mm-hmm. You know all these different things, but do he can't play like that every single game. He no. needs other people to show. Well, actually, up. he probably could play like no, that every game. Yes, but like sustainability he wise shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to that's and why it's a team sport because the, show the hell up because the team who gets him next year needs him to be in good enough condition to play you can't exhaust he's staying him in cleveland the, are you sure i don't know if he bounces in the first round 
I don't know if he's still on this team next year. And also, I'm definitely not watching these playoffs if LeBron James is out in the first round. Because who else am I going to watch? Uh, Maybe OKC. Ben, ben Simmons? Mm. Eh, yeah. I love watching I will. I, w- I know you love watching no, him. No, not just because he's cute, but like he's, a fu- he's like fun to watch. He's a good player. I will watch them play, but not with the same fervor that sure. I watch LeBron play. When LeBron plays, there's only two guys in the league right now in these playoffs that I actually get jazzed about. Right. LeBron, and for some reason, Damian Lillard. Probably because of the chips on his shoulders. And I, I will say... Dame's probably not going to go very far after the first No, round. he's not, because that team can't... Get their life they together. They can't figure out New Orleans <laughs> to save their lives. Because, you know, that New Orleans team is doing work. Anthony Davis... Doing work? Has, like, eight hands. He's like Shiva out there. He's just, like, swatting things. <laughs> it's Shiva, but okay. Well, it depends on who you ask. Shiva? White girl. Right. Your white girl voice. That That's was your white side. fair. <laughs> Shiva. Yeah. He's like a Hindu goddess out there. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. I was like, I was uh, watching a play of his. I'm just like, he's barely jumping to even dunk. I know. He's just like on his tippy toes and he's like, and I'm dunking. He's really good out there. Um, and the whole New Orleans squad. Yeah. So like Drew Holiday dropped 33 the other night. Mm-hmm. People sleep on how good he is as a point guard. And then Rajon Rondo, right by him, was I think one assist shy of a triple double. What don't sleep that? don't sleep on Rondo. What is that? So Never know. The New Orleans team is better than I thought they were, and they don't even have DeMarcus Cousins. Can you imagine if they had DeMarcus though? Oh, it would be the complete Boogie. debauchery. They would have been be. a top three seed. Oh yeah. This New Orleans team? Would they would not kick the Cavs out, that's for sure. Um Cavs would still be four. Wait, what? Because the Cavs are not in the three seed. Yeah, but that's the West, that's the Eastern Conference. Oh, I just, you know what? Because of geography, because, I know because of where the Mississippi it is. River, I that's get really it. what it was. I get it. That's that's on me. That's fair. That's on it me. It happens. It's confusing with Memphis too. Yeah, I don't understand. And even like Minnesota, I yeah. would consider more east than west. I but get that. I get that. It's the because, whole, especially because they're the Timber Bulls. You know, right? For that reason. Oh right. Anyway, um, but yeah. And then, um, yo. <laughs> They haven't decided rookie of the year yet, but homeboy Donovan Mitchell's making a case for himself in Utah. He has now, with 45 points, mm-hmm. accumulated in his first two playoff games, surpassed Michael Jordan for most points in your first two playoff games of your career. Not mad. Man, he is he is really good. Yeah. Um, in Miami and Philadelphia, what I think is funny about this matchup is not the play of the guys on the court. But that Steph Curry was interviewed about his popcorn list. Mm -hmm. Because Steph Curry loves popcorn. Cool. And they asked him, Jalen Rose asked him, so who who makes the best popcorn in the league right now? Mm -hmm. He keeps a list by his locker of all the the ranking the popcorns by arena. And he says, "Mm, number one probably has to be Miami. I'd say Miami has the best popcorn right now. And he said, who has the worst? He said, oh, probably Philadelphia. <gasps> Trolling. So I call this the, the popcorn matchup. And right now, I think it evened out with... they. So we're watching the TV as we're doing this podcast, and Golden State and San Antonio were playing right now. Mm-hmm. But we didn't see the end of the Sixers 
You want me to look at the Yeah, stats? check that out I'll because see, then we would know one. where we stand with that in real time. Um, oh, actually, I got it right here. Yeah, Philadelphia creamed them at the end by 20. <laughs> so Philadelphia is up 2-1 in that series. Looking good. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid played tonight, so that made a big difference. We put and him he, in he there. has now a uh, like Batman-looking mask. Mm-hmm. With the uh, clear goggles on the front? Yeah. Like it's a... Like an, it's a mask I've never seen before. But apparently, that, it's indestructible. Yeah, because Mason tried to step on it. Right, and didn't break. Right, it's probably made of vibranium. That's probably what it is. Yeah, but he had orbitable, uh, orbitable, or- orbital fracture surgery mm-hmm. on uh, that His socket. Face. Yeah, yeah, and so that's why he has to wear the mask. This is cool. All right, keep him healthy. Yep, the 76ers definitely won. Um, um but yeah, what else? I want OKC to come out of that Utah series, even though I loved what Donovan Mitchell's doing. If LeBron loses in the first or second round, at least you could see Russell. Russell is PG, entertaining. PG and Carmelo, I can watch that because there's a variable of are they gonna do anything? It's still the case. Like they were supposed to be the big three that was gonna like you know do well, but they haven't. They haven't. They haven't so- found. They haven't found their uh, rhythm. No, and that's definitely so. The whole. So the off season. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Russell, speaking of LeBron. Yes. Russell didn't sign He's, one year. He didn't sign a one year, but actually, you know what? That was the talk before he signed his yeah. contract. People were thinking he was going to go to LA. He's not. Right. Uh, but PG might. He want. He's been wanting to. Right. So PG not, could he's, go he's home. He's not been. Yeah, it's home for him, so that makes sense. People are talking about LeBron, Going PG. To LA. And Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, what? What? The he's Lake- not even. He's not even playing. The Lakers are pursuing Kawhi Leonard. The hell! This is what we hear. But he, he's not even healthy yet. Hey, well, you know what? If be. if it could be, we don't know. He's not healthy. You're right. You're right. If Pop doesn't come back, he might go. Even if and Pop no, does, actually, no. even if Pop does come back, he may go. I don't know. I think he likes. I don't know. I just do. Do they have a good relationship right now, Kawhi and the Spurs? I mean, he hasn't been playing. Yeah, that's a point of contention for them right now. Yeah, but like, you don't want someone unhealthy to to play. Well, Tony Parker said he had the same injury, and his was ten times worse than Kawhi's, and he came back. Okay, so I don't know. What's There's going a on. lot of relationship issues going Ooh. on in San Antonio, so I just feel like Kawhi yeah. could go to L.A. Because uh, he did go to San Diego for mm-hmm. his uh, undergrad. Yes, he did. So he might want to go back to California and play for the Lakers. If they're making a strong push and looking for I money. I just don't know if he would mesh with the Lakers team. No, I don't think he would. And if, especially if like a LeBron and a PG go there. LeBron, will, I don't think LeBron will go there. No, but, but even beyond but if, that, I don't think, yeah. like even if, even if they don't go, I just don't think he would work. If LeBron didn't go and you ended up with Kawhi and PG. Mm-hmm. Who's the leader on that team? Probably PG. I mean, they don't, like, does PG talk? No. Like, they both don't talk? No. It's just a lot of silence and, like, looking at each other. There's, st- <laughs> longingly, there's still no leader. It's a queer platonic A queer platonic <laughs> team. Um, there's no, there's no leader on the team at all. Right. The, the closest you might get could be Kyle Kuzma if he comes on strong in his second year. 
I mean, Kyle is kind of being a leader right now because when he's got young guys, yeah, because right? because he's got young guys on the team. Yeah, but if you add in PG and Kawhi, like, will he, get... he will he take this seat though? I just don't think it's a good move. I don't think so either. So that's so know. interesting. I'm so excited for the off season because yeah. you know we'll probably have an emergency cast because something crazy happened with. Oh yeah. Because I'm just like expecting to like get the you know the notice on Twitter and me texting you like I don't care what you're doing tonight, but cancel it. Emergency cast right now. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes. Let's I'll do be it. there because <laughs> they had to wait, get me off the floor when Kawhi got or uh, when Kyrie got traded. Yeah. Oh yes, I remember. Nice it was out. And the Celtics are doing well. They are doing well. So that's uh, good. Without Kyrie, Rozier is stepping up. Mm-hmm. The whole team is putting in a little bit more, and they're up two zero. Yeah. Um, but when they don't have, sleep on the the Celtics, we'll see what comes of it. Bledsoe and Rozier, I guess, have beef. Oh, don't really? know why. Well, they asked Bledsoe if he was worried about Rozier. Uh huh. And Bledsoe said, "Who?" Oh yes. <sighs> oh guys, I yes. can't believe this is your job. Like you Can get to I play basketball. I, I, you get to play basketball and you get to troll. Right. You I want to do that. You just get to play I guess, basketball. I guess that's why we have a podcast so we can troll. Who but are we not... trolling? Taylor Swift. Yeah. That's not even trolling. That's just facts. <laughs> Where's the lie? Where's the lie? Live with it. Um, was it anything else about the playoffs? I've been watching almost mm. all of the games. It's been really fun. I mean, the first round is like. The teams that I'm expecting to do well have been doing well. Yeah. Um, except for Indiana was the one like that the Indiana, like the Pacers versus mm-hmm. Cavs is is the game that I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. It's a little little fiery. The playoffs, I don't think there's anything really dramatic happening right no. now. There's nothing that stands out to me. Um, but I'll tell you Ooh, uh, did you just see that Trailblazer uh New Orleans score? No. Am I reading this right? 32-48? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was 20-something Similar to what ago. we were saying. 16 points up, New Orleans over Portland. Uh, oh, it's 50-32 to 32 now. Yeah, it's just going to be that way for the rest of this playoff series. So just learn to live with it, folks. Yes. Um, off the court, other organizations who are not playing mm-hmm. during um, this tournament series. Yes, things are happening. York. Knickerbockers. Knickerbockers. Perennial early golf season uh, <laughs> teams in the NBA. Uh, they are looking for a new coach because Oz. Jeff is out. And so, one such candidate they're considering, mm-hmm. and a slew of candidates. Sure. I mean, we've heard a lot of different things. Is Who- Kenny the Jet Smith. What? Kenny the Jet Smith of like, the TNT. TNT. Of what? NBA broadcasting, Kenny the Jetsmith. Wow. Do you know the last time he was a coach? He wasn't. Exactly. So, Kenny could be out at some point. He, you know, Kenny was a longtime Rocket. Yep. Who has two championships. Yes, he does. And he knows a lot about basketball. He analyzes basketball all the time. It's been his job for like two decades. Yeah. If you give him a young team. He could probably do something with it. Who knows? Uh, I'm sure the the crew would be sad to see him go. Yeah. But they could just replace him with another ball guy. My nomination? Uh, Reggie Miller's close enough. I was going to say, I'm like, I was going to say Reggie Miller. I would love to see Reg. I would love Reggie and Shaq and Charles. Chuck to just... Yeah. 
I mean, Arnie's there too, but Arnie's the mediating white guy that we yeah. need to have there. Yeah. So. But you can put Reggie up there. You have a fine uh, quadrumvirate. Quad. Quad. Four. You're talking about four. Quintet. That's Quint, five. Quint is five. Triplet. Quartlet. Quartet. Quart. A quartet. They don't sing, but <laughs> yeah, you can have a fine quartet there. Yeah. So I don't know. I I would be in favor. I'm kind of, of surprised by that. Actually, I would rather Mark Jackson be the coach. Yeah, or like anybody else. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Kenny's a gamble. Because you don't know what he's. I mean, like he has like some pretty good points when he is on TNT and as like analyzing, but so does everybody. It's just an opinion. Like, I have a, I have a thought. Do you think that they reached out to him, or do you think he applied to them? Uh. I think the Knicks are desperate enough that they would reach out to him. Okay. Yeah, I I'm gonna stand by that. Okay. All right. You, I could you, do. I could do. You you think otherwise? No, I could, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, but I could I could see it going both ways. I was just curious yeah. what you thought. I just think like he's he's good where he's at. He has like a consistent job. Like mm-hmm. it's he has a job. Do you think it's he likes secure. being on there with Shaq and Charles? The dynamic is Ch- is Chuck and and uh, Shaq being assholes to each other right. and like ribbing on each other. Yeah, and then like they make fun of, you know. <sighs> yeah, I don't know if he like really likes it. I don't think he- Kenny likes being on that set. <laughs> I'll just say it. I don't think he does. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like, when there's cool were- technology and stuff that they use, which is cool. You, like you to are- analyze you. <laughs> Kenny runs over to the screen and, and then he's in the, like, he's on the court and you're like what the hell how did yeah, that happen? But that's the only thing because then most of the airtime is Charles and Shaq, right? And Kenny when he talks, like this generation of viewers, right, doesn't really think about him as much. And they don't think about Arnie. Are they just know that Arnie's a nice white guy? That's yeah, you know, they don't moderating. Really, they don't appreciate his legacy, right? Right. But that one segment I saw this year, uh-huh. they kind of did it for me where I thought. Kenny's ready to get off the set. What did he do? He what didn't did I... do anything. That was the thing. They were talking about Derrick Rose going to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And Charles came very directly out and said, his career's over. Like, he just needs to... He just needs to, yeah. Retire. Right. Be done with it. You were a good player, but now it's over. And that's just... It came for you. Shaq... I forget what Chuck said that got Shaq tickled, but Shaq was laughing behind a piece of paper about some <laughs> of the stuff related to Derek. And so he would just say something with a straight face like, oh, yeah, it's sad. You don't, you don't want to see anyone. And then he would hold up a piece of paper and just like laugh behind okay. it. Okay, so like a five-year-old. So, yeah. Right, yeah. And so he and Charles are just like jabbering about how Derek Rose is not the Derek Rose of old. And sure. just made a glass. Kenny is sitting there the whole time straight-faced. For this five-minute segment, mm. he just sits there making no comments. I need to go not, watch this clip. Not laughing. And then Charles or Shaq finally say, come on, Kenny. You know, blah, 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 blah. He says, I'm not going to laugh about another player's health and his career. He doesn't deserve that. And so he's a man of character. He's a man of character. On that set, I think he's about done. He's he's done with the immaturity of yeah. these Big goofy man. <laughs> He's like New York Knicks, Mr. Dolan. Can I come in to interview with you? My resume consists of one job for twenty years, and it is analyzing basketball. And I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think as a coach, 
I don't be interesting see, to see. I don't see him in that role, but it's only because I've never seen him in that role. But it doesn't mean he wouldn't be good at it. Sure. So, I, mean, might, I mean, Steve Kerr was never a coach until he became the coach of a team that had three superstars and added a fourth. So He also was under the tutelage of um, Phil Pop. Jackson and Popovich. So he had pretty good examples. Yeah. Um, Kenny had Rudy, mm-hmm. Tomjanovich. Okay examples. He's okay. Yeah. Um, he won two championships, so that's something. Like he I mean, knows how to get there. In as the a absence player. of the Bulls, right? They yeah. won two championships. Exactly. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I mean, but when the Bulls were there, sorry, in the absense of Michael Jordan, they yes. still had the Bulls. Right. Just sans Michael. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. We'll see if Kenny has uh, what it takes to to make this. happen. Well, we'll even see if he'll get the oh, job. Yeah. He may not. <laughs> the Knicks may may hire some guy outside of uh, Madison even, Square Garden. Even did they think? Did they say like Jeff Van Gundy? At yeah, they point? said Jeff. They said Mark Jackson, former yeah. Nick. They could choose anyone. I wouldn't be surprised if? if they walked across the street to TGI Fridays <laughs> across from Penn Station and were just like, "Hey, does anyone here want to work as coach for the New York Knicks tomorrow?" I wouldn't even take that. Can job. I have? The blazing wings, please. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting to see what the offseason will bring. Um, anything else on basketball? No. The Spurs and Warriors game looks pretty tight right now in the first quarter, but it's the first quarter. Uh, shout out to Pau Gasol. Still playing. And doing doing very well. Yes. I like it. Um, That's all I got. All I have to say is that I love Drake. Oh. I <laughs> Oh God. I want Drake I, to be coach of the year. Oh, you say more. <laughs> I don't know. He's you just, sent this to me, and I think you're so silly. Um, so okay, Drake is in my top five. Um, it's just I just have to be okay with it and like sit in it to have a musician in my top five because I'd like to stay away from them because I typically date musicians and it's always ended poorly. Um, but he uh, <laughs> he's like you know, and he's at the Raptors games because. Isn't he part owner or something of it? Yeah, I think so. Or even if he's not, he was, he's he's a Toronto Raptors fan, and he he called somebody a bum, <laughs> and just like he's yelling at the players as though he's the coach, and I'm just sitting there like, I am high key attracted to you in a sexual way, and I'm not I'm not ready for it. My body's oh, not gosh. ready. So, just wanted to state that coach of the year. Aubrey. Uh, I. <laughs> support your feelings about that <laughs> I don't, don't think that's gonna support happen that idea <laughs> um the last thing I want to say is uh, a new tech news in basketball okay Kobe's newest sneaker came out with the, vibranium something like that um well, I was joking what Kobe Kobe Bryant is still continuing the line with Nike and his new shoe so he had the Kobe mm-hmm. he had the Kobe AD mm-hmm. like like BC AD kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Kobe AD. Mm-hmm. Then he had the Kobe A dot D dot. You just put the periods in there. Okay. Everyone was a little bit confused. Sure. Did you just why isn't it the Kobe AD too? Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and then that's his, literally what I was thinking. His, Keep it his moving. Third shoe is the Kobe NXT 360. Can you remember that? NXT 360. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot. Was this a New Balance? Sorry, guys. Continue. Mm-hmm. What is that, Brian? Don't worry about it. Oh, my gosh. You're so silly. Um, the Kobe Bryant NXT 360. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like a New Balance shoe, you know? 
<laughs> a New Balance shoe. Yeah, you like know how the, they got the letters and numbers yeah. like, for their manufacturing codes? Yeah. How many versions of this were there? I don't know, man. So NXT 360. This thing Does has it mean new that you te- could turn 360 in them, like jump 360 in them? No one knows. No, actually what it means, mm-hmm. there is a new technology that Nike is introducing. It is a fabric which is kind of like a very strong mm-hmm. but thin fabric that's uh, made out of a polymer. And you weave these fibers together to make a very porous and um, breathable upper. You can see through it. Ooh. It's like almost lace-like. Mm. And it wraps all the way around the shoe, including the bottom under your foot. And mm. that's the 360 part. It goes completely Ooh. around your foot. It's that's like a attraction. sock. It's like a sock. Well, then you put on... That's just the fabric uh, that holds your foot and then it's then you put on the rubber base okay which is it. the traction which looks pretty beastly actually it okay. looks like it'll grip hard and so that and so where's the cushion it goes back to this this drop-in midsole which mm-hmm. kobe used on the eight the nine the eleven mm-hmm so he's going back to that. You drop this midsole in here, and it's a Lunar Lawn case. Okay. If you're a basketball head, you know that was introduced around the 8, mm-hmm. the Kobe 8, and it's very soft. Isn't that your favorite Kobe 8? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very soft, but because it's more um, aerated, mm-hmm. it gives it bottoms out quicker. It compresses quicker. Yeah. So you can only play on it for a limited amount of time. Uh, the That's the casing of it that contains your foot. The interior that you're actually stepping on Mm. is a React core, Mm. which was just introduced in the Nike Epic React running shoe that everyone's wearing and talking about right now. It's like the best running shoe Nike's made in years. Yeah. Um, It's been a minute. Yeah. So they put a React under the foot and they put a Lunalon casing around the foot for like the soft containment. Part of me wants to buy this now. put this in the shoe. This shoe weighs like... The lightest shoe I've ever heard of. Wow. When you put it on a scale, this thing is nuts light. And so uh, people are just talking about how amazing this Kobe Bryant shoe is. And so that's the new thing in tech right now. And some players like DeMar DeRozan have worn it since. You can see the yes, sock through I've the see, shoe. Yeah, I've seen this. Well, you, whatever sock yeah, you wear right. with the shoe, you're going to see it through the shoe because it's that thin. And you think about all the lateral cuts and movements and all that right. you make. This thing is tough enough with the fibers that it will hold your foot tightly. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. When you were talking earlier, so the midsole that you drop in there, yeah. the foam has, <laughs> it has all these instructions on it. What? Like, so vibrating it, instructions? It's, no, it's instructions <laughs> for like basically how to walk in this shoe. Where you were talking about Beyonce earlier oh, walking in. Oh, she invented yeah. walking, yeah. I was like... No, no, no. Kobe Bryant's shoe tells you how to do that. Was she wearing some Kobe NXT 360s? No, she was wearing sickening boots. This, but you read the thing and it just tells you, like, when your foot's planted here, it's going to feel like this. When your foot's planted here, it's going to feel like That's this. It's wild. like, yeah. you don't need to tell me how to walk. It's like, I know how to walk. Beyonce I, taught me. I got this. So anyway, Kobe's new shoe is pretty dope and uh, people are talking about it. So if you see it in a store, just ask for the new Kobe. Check it out. It is bonkers. I kind of want to see this It's now. a basketball sock. Yeah. Man. And, you know, the summer is the summer of basketball, so... Yeah. I might have to get some basketball shoes. Every year. Every year. You will talk to me before you do that. No, I will. You gotta make informed choices. I'm not gonna do it without your consent, because it's important that 
you as the nerd that you are help me with this decision. <laughs> sneaker nerd. You're a sneaker nerd. I own up to it. All right, bud. You ready to do some dope people? Let's do this. All right, let's let's keep it moving. All right, it is time to talk about some dope people. Sir Alex. I've knighted you as Sir Alex, I guess, now. Thank you, um, lady. Uh, who's your dope person? I... Sorry, was... you were about to take a drink. You're, you're good? I'm okay. He's, I can... he's drinking a lot of alcohol, ladies and gentlemen, and our non-gender conforming folks. It's Arizona green tea. With ginseng. <laughs> Wait, there's ginseng in that? Yeah, so supposedly. Okay. That's anyway, I was just being I was just being silly. I'm okay. Um, um, all right. What's uh, who's your dope person? Well, I was thoroughly impressed by the performance by the New Orleans New Orleans Pelicans. As we as we have discussed, yes. Yeah, they did a fine job against the Portland Trailblazers in mm-hmm. games one and two, and I was really caught by Drew Holiday's performance of mm-hmm. 33 points. He's not normally well. Uh, Focal, focused on in the mm-hmm. offense, but he does a great job, and people know he's had a great season. Yeah. Behind him, Rajon Rondo was one rebound shy or one assist shy of a triple double. Yes, Rondo. This is what I'm used to seeing in his career as a mm-hmm. guy who does the back burner work, and he is just. Sometimes he gets thanked for it, but he's never sure. been the focus of an offense, but he makes things run. Mm. And so I wanted to look at Rajon Rondo and get a sense for. I knew him only as a Celtic, and from there he's moved on to other teams. Yes, my my memory of him is mostly of a Celtic, his Celtic years as well. So I'm gonna tell us a little bit about Rajon Rondo, not about the Celtic time, okay? Not about the Bulls, not about the Kings, not about the Pelicans. What are you? Not gonna, about the Mavericks. What? what Played for a lot of teams. I I'm just gonna talk about the pre-Celtics. You're talking about the person. There's not a lot there about the person. Okay. I'm just gonna talk about his. Freakish numbers. Okay, let's do it. All right. So uh, he was born in February 22nd, 1986. And he... He's a year old. Well, he's your age. He's a little bit older than me, just by some months. Yes. Um, but he also has been a, he's been an amazing player. So I'll just start here with his early life, right? So he was born in 86 in Louisville, Kentucky, to Amber Rondo, his mother. Um, he has three siblings. He had little contact with his father, um, who left his family when he was only seven years old. To support the family, his mother worked for the Philip Morris company uh, that does tobacco and mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Rondo was first interested in football before his mother steered him toward basketball because she felt the sport would be less punishing on his skinny frame. She said, boy, you're going to break yourself. Let's do basketball instead. Good choice, Mom. So in high school... Uh, after becoming serious about basketball, um, he played at Louisville's Eastern High School for three years. Um, he averaged 27, his junior year, mm. 28 points, 10 rebounds, 7.5 assists. Mm. That, those numbers? That's a lot. That's a lot for a junior in high school. Yeah. Um, so he went on How to, tall to is he? All-State Honors. He's only six foot one. Oh, that's short for basketball. Yeah, that's not tall. That's like an inch taller than you. Because you, you don't know height. Right. <laughs> that's good. I like, look, I'm giving you a little extra. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. No, like, my, my, hey, I'll take it. That's, that's very generous. So uh, he went on to then transfer to Virginia's Oak Hill Academy, which is also where a lot of greats played, like Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. And so for his senior year, he averaged 21 points per game, three rebounds, and 12 assists per game. 
And the team finished with a 38-0 and record, winning every single game they played. In his senior year at Oak Hill Academy, um, he broke the single-season record for assists with 303. 303 assists in a year, uh, while averaging a double-double throughout the entire season. Um, he had some 27-assist games. He had 31 in one game, which is the all-time school record. And uh, he also had a 55-point game in high school, which is second most in the school's history behind a 61-point game by Calvin Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, he was named to the McDonald's All-American team in 2004 and scored a total of 14 points, four assists, four rebounds in the All-Star game, which is pretty good for an All-Star game. Um, and he exhibited in a couple other expos and Jordan classics and things like that. Mm-hmm. But his numbers were freakish in high school. And then he went on to college to play and commit to Kentucky, his his hometown team. Um, and Rondo, well, I guess he was born in Louisville. It's not really his hometown team because mm-hmm. Kentucky's in Lexington, but he right. stayed in the state. Um, along with Joe Crawford and uh, Randolph Morris gave... He had Tubby Smith as his coach. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a great class in 2004. Rondo led Kentucky to several wins uh, over Louisville, South Carolina, Central Florida, some big rivals and, and such. His freshman year, he only played two years for Kentucky. He averaged 8.1 points per game his uh, freshman year with 3.5 assists, 2.6 steals, 2.9 rebounds, and just in general, overall, just solid numbers. In his sophomore year, 11 points. Five assists, six rebounds per game. That's well enough to get him uh, drafted into the NBA, which he got drafted into the NBA in 2006 to the Phoenix Suns, who promptly traded him to the Boston Celtics. And from there, it was history. Right. What we now know of Rondo. Right. I know he is married and has, I believe, two daughters. Probably. That is what I read. Mm -hmm. He's married with two daughters. Cool. So yeah, that is a little bit about Rajon Rondo, um, who is said by, who said this recently? Oh, one of his teammates uh, on the Pelicans, they asked him about him, and he said, Rajon Rondo will be a coach or a general manager in this league one day, because oh. his mind for basketball is so acute, mm-hmm. it's, he's very knowledgeable about the sport, and he understands spacing on the floor and concepts, mm-hmm. he would be, make a great head coach so maybe he should retire after this season and go coach for the Knicks so that's just you know that's just some thoughts you had an idea it's a good idea but he's a good he's a good player and one of my favorites to watch absolutely that's my guy that's hey good guy to have and I did not know all those stats about him before his Celtic life so and and post Celtic life so that's a beast it make his boss career in high school makes his career with the Celtics look like, minute. Yeah. He still can't shoot free throws to save his life. That's he's, a he's stat like a sh- line. He's, he's a shack of... It's incredible. It's a shack curse that he has, yeah. He can't shoot free throws at They're all. free. They're free. I'm saying. Just saying. Who are you picking? I am picking none other than Mr. Serge Ibaka. Oh. Power forward. Yes, power forward mm-hmm. of uh, the Toronto Raptors. Man among men. Man among men's um, men's men. <laughs> um, so, just a little bit about him for those who don't know who he is. Um, he's about twenty eight years old. He's originally from the Republic of Congo. If you don't know where that is, Google it. Mm-hmm. That's why Google's there. Um, and sh- and his nationality is uh, Congolese slash Spanish because of. 
you yeah. know, history and such he things. Na- he nationalized. I believe so. With Spain, yes. yeah, he I plays so. for the Spanish team. He did. So mm-hmm. that's one of his one of his many uh, interesting facts I can say about him. Um, so he was born in the Republic of Congo, uh, Congo, 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 and he's the third youngest of eighteen children. Uh, holy shit! Yes, all I'm that's in picturing right now is all of the kids. Is his mother? Whoa, God! Sorry, that's just like I'm just feeling for her in my this situation gra- of like my grandmother you- had 13 children, so like as the way she told it to me yeah. is that after a while they just kind of walk out. That's what my my grandma had 11, and it's just like I think after yeah. the first few, you're just like they just you know the routine. Yeah, 18 just, kids. Yeah, third youngest of 18 kids. Wow. Um, his mother played for the Democratic Republic of Congo. He she played for the national she team. Played. Her his father played for the Republic of Congo and uh, the Congolese uh, national team. This and is so, all basketball. All basketball. She shouldn't so. be able to play on the court. <laughs> Because there's too many men on the court at that point. She probably had... (laughs) That was good. That was good. (laughs) Um, And so he started playing basketball very at a young age. Like, he had his first club when he was playing over there. And then when he was 17, he joined the second national basketball team moving to Spain. Mm -hmm. um, Where he... Where he, you know... Did a lot of basketball and all these wonderful blossomed. things. He blossomed. Um, he eventually uh, transitioned into the NBA uh, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then he went to Real Madrid for a little bit um, for some time. Then back to Orlando Magic and now with the Raptors. Now, one of the reasons why I've picked him as my dope person is mm-hmm. because recently he was um, put in an interview after one of the games mm-hmm. uh, where they won. And... Um, there were three different uh, reporters asking him three different questions in three different languages. Um, That's hard. First question was in English, fluently answered it. Cool. Second question was in the Congolese language, um, which I believe, I don't know what that is actually. Let me make sure that I get the right. I'll figure it out. No, I have it, I have it written here. Just give me a second. Um, the Congolese language is Lingala, so he he answered in that. Um, wait, no, that's uh, that's a lie. He did it. The first question was in English. The second question was in French. Mm-hmm. He answered in French. The third question was in Spanish, and he answered in Spanish, all very fluently. And people were like, "Oh my God, this is amazing! <laughs> like, what an amazing thing that this black man who plays basketball, who should probably just be dribbling, speaks three languages. Actually, he speaks four languages. Right. He speaks the Congolese language of uh, of the Republic of Cong- uh, Congo and Angola, uh, Lingana, French, um, which is also one of the official languages of the Congo, English and Spanish. Um, and he learned Spanish. He taught it himself at the age of 17 when he was working, when he was playing ball in Spain. Um, and the reason why I picked him as a dope person, I think a lot of the times we appreciate folks who know different languages and various other languages. And especially when you're a black man, regardless of whether you were born in this country or not, um, when you're a black man, you just are looked at as someone who's stupid and can only probably play basketball. So how could you know four languages? That's wild. And he does it so fluently. Oh my God. But he doesn't speak American. Tell you what. I just died a little on the inside. Anyway, um, so I just think it's dope. I mean, he's doing what he's doing his thing for the Raptors, for the Raptors to do as well as they've been doing. And uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for being dope, Sir Chewbacca, and for, you know, busting some stereotypes out that are out there. I'm into that. 
I like it. That's great. Yeah, it's just uh, just some good peoples, man. I, I'm, I appreciate I appreciate someone who knows different languages. People were like, I mean, there were ladies out there swooning because they were like, did he just speak French and Spanish? Like, and, the um, lady parts weren't ready. And he's not a bad looking guy either. No, he sure isn't. And he's like a mountain of muscle. Yes, and he's 28, young. Young dude. Let's hold it. All right. I feel like that's the cast. How do you feel? I feel good. I feel like we covered a lot of ground here. Yeah. And um, I'm glad Taylor Swift knows where we stand now. And, yeah. You know. Come for us. We'll see, yeah. see what happens. Don't, Come for us don't, if you're... Don't bring your entourage. Like, don't yeah. bring... Yeah, I think we can still take it. All right. Um, I'll tell you what. What? You, you lead from the front. I'll be in the back. <laughs> just in case anyone slips through, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll catch them okay. there. Just don't turn around. You're such a man. You're yeah, such a strong definitely, man. Definitely I appreciate that your feminist down. ways of letting me go um, first. <laughs> don't ever turn around and look to see if I'm there because I am. Just know that I'm supporting you. Um, from behind. Yeah, just keep your face <laughs> forward and, and carry on. All right. Um, that's it. End of our cast. Follow us on all of our social media platforms and um, listen to us, comment, rate, all those wonderful things. Um, until next time, be dope and catch you later. See ya. Yeah.